The year is 1999. The average movie ticket costs $5.08. 13 people are killed in the Columbine School Massacre. The euro is established, replacing the currencies of 11 European Union nations. Napster is created by Sean Fanning and Sean Parker. SpongeBob SquarePants first airs on Nickelodeon. And people are terrified of computers shutting down at the turn of the new millennium. The hot movies of the year include The Matrix, Fight Club, The Green Mile, The Iron Giant, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, and today's film, The Mummy. Hot albums of the year include The Slim Shady LP, Things Fall Apart, Californication, Operation Doomsday, and today's album, When the Pawn. So, Dad, tell me about this album. First thing I have to ask is, are you an angel? Yeah, Star Wars Phantom Menace. <laughs> Star Wars Phantom Menace. Got to get Star Wars reference in there. All right, Simon. Episode two of the pod. So we're kicking off with the album 19, from 1999, not the album 1999 by no. Prince, but the year is 1999. So the album by Fiona Apple, uh, the actual title is When the Pawn Hits the Conflicts, He Thinks Like a King, what he knows throws the blows when he goes to the fight, and he'll win the whole thing, for he enters the ring. There's nobody to batter when your mind is your might, so you go solo. You hold your own hand and remember the depth is the greatest of heights, and if you know where you stand, then you know where you land, and if you fall, it won't matter, because you'll know that you're right. Long title. This was Fiona Album's second album. Uh, and the title is actually a poem that she wrote. Interesting fact. It was a poem that she wrote uh, about herself when uh, an article came out that was kind of negative towards her. And so she said uh, that the title came from being made fun of. And, of course, it becomes the thing that I made fun of. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it uh, was produced by a gentleman by the name of John Bryan, who I wasn't familiar with, but has uh, produced some big names, Amy Mann, Eels, Kanye West. Uh, he also wrote the scores for the movies Magnolia, uh, Lady Bird, and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, so a pretty flexible guy. Uh, was nominated for Best Alternative Album of the Grammys, it hit number 13 on the U.S. Billboard charts and was ranked number 108 out of the 500 greatest albums by Rolling Stone. So higher than last higher pods. Than the Night at the Opera. Night at the Opera. Uh, so uh, should we just jump in? Yeah. Do you want to do overall thoughts or first opening uh, statements? I don't know. What do you, what, I don't know. What do you want to do? You jump in. Okay, I can I can say like an opening statement, I guess. Um, I think I've you know it's hard for me not to kind of compare it to the last one because we just listened to it, um, and I think it's very different. And I actually think it is higher, and I think it might deserve to be higher than a night at the opera. Uh, it doesn't have the songs. It doesn't have like the you know. It doesn't have a Bohemian Rhapsody or or something like that, where maybe a Night Opera has better song individual songs. I feel like this album maybe is better as a whole. To me, it feels a little more controlled than <laughs> Night Opera, <laughs> yeah. which kind of seemed to go off the rails at times. I mean, I think this is a 
single person's distinct artistic statement. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it was almost to me it was like it was written for a purpose uh, and yeah. and we'll get into some of the other things uh, about it uh, i it it it's well produced but very different production than a night at the opera you know a night at the opera was almost i, I hate to use the word tricks but it was all of these studio you know techniques this is a very direct album with the exception of some of the weird little synth sounds and things in the background I mean, it's it's to me the way I put it, it's poetry set to music. That's true. That was my my thought of it. That I almost got the sense that she sat down and wrote a bunch of poems and then turned them into songs. I don't know if that's how it happened. I, yeah. I, I I honestly don't know, but that's the feeling that I got. That I it's did. the lyrics and the voice. It's the lyrics and the I voice. I did get some of the. Same vibes from, you know, we saw Dylan pretty recently. Yeah. Similar vibes to Bob Dylan. That's a good of, point. Or his new stuff, at least, where he's, it's got a groove. It's a good groove. And yeah. he's singing. I think this has much better vocals yeah. than Bob Dylan. Um, and I think better actual melody. I, I, I think so, it. too. I mean, there's similar rhythmic. I, I put down kind of a, a rhythmic connection across all the songs, but I think melodically better than Dylan's new stuff. Uh, you know, Dylan goes for that kind of old-timey Americana sound, and it's kind of the same thing over and over again. There was an element of sameness to this for me. Yeah, I... But upon... A second listen, because I did listen to it a second time. I liked it better. My initial reaction was, I mean, it's kind of tense. You it's, told it's me edgy. off mic that you thought it was angsty. It's, yeah. And I think it is. I, it, but, but not in a negative way. Yeah. To me, angsty has kind of a negative to, yeah. connotation. And it is kind of. I mean, it's definitely, you can tell that, uh, you know, every she yes she's writing for purpose she's definitely like speaking her mind and yeah i mean she's not writing stories here i don't get the feeling it's about her i think yeah i think it's about her but and it it does i did after the first listening i i was a little tense (laughs) you know it made me a little tense although we'll get to the end obviously in a little while where I'll give you some more details on that, but I think it's a it is a very good album, and I think you're right as an artistic statement. It probably is better than Queen's Night at the Opera, uh, just because it as a whole. Yeah, it it's feels better. like a complete piece of art, where a Night at the Opera has maybe some higher highs, but some lower lows. Right. I'm looking yeah. at you. I'm I'm in love with that car. <laughs> I mean, and it doesn't have it doesn't have a real standout pop song i mean there are yeah, some there are songs some that are a little bit more accessible more and i don't know i heard that maybe some of them were maybe hits kind of but not like queen right yeah i mean these aren't stadium rockers that that you know sixty thousand people are going to sing along with you know like you're my yeah, best it's friend very, but it's very intimate yeah it's intimate is personal. a really good word yeah uh so I think we should just go into song by song. All right. So song one, On the Bound. I mean, I, I, I've i made notes. and it, To me, it started out 
this is like an aggressive start to me. Um, you know, it had a groove, but again, it, it had this tenseness to it. To me, it almost sounded angry. I think she is had this kind of an underlying anger through, through most of the album. Um, maybe not. We'll get to maybe the end too. I, but uh, it's, but it's also it's it's very emotional. Her singing is really emotional. Yeah, you can feel her singing. Yeah. And I really like her saying, I think she's really good, especially in this song. Um, and I said this for other, pretty a lot of the songs, I feel like I'm just like sinking into the music. And I think, I mean, this probably sets the tone for the album. And, you know, to me, the general themes of the album start here. It's kind of love gone wrong, standing up to the person that maybe treated you poorly, maybe questioning yourself because you don't, you love someone who maybe you don't really want to love. It's these kind of almost negative emotions to love, but with a sense of of self-empowerment, too. Yeah, there's definitely power. I didn't think, yeah, it is like a love, their love, but it's not the good love. Right. <laughs> it's not yeah. this, you know, rainbows and puppy it's dogs It's not love. even like bad, but maybe optimistic. Right. It's like, this is bad. <laughs> love sucks. And and I know it. Yeah, I know it. I know it. Um, so, I mean, I really like the first. It kicks it off. It does kick the, off the album well. And you kind of know what's coming. Uh, after you after you listen to that one, I don't know if you've got more to say about it. Um, I have. Well, you can keep. You can move on. Um, and so then it moves to a song called "To Your Love." And you know, the first thing I thought of. This made me film think of a film noir. Uh, I get ways. It's kind of. It has this kind of well, not it's not like, the. I don't know. It made me feel like. It was almost not a femme fatale song, but for some reason it, it, it had a tone of shadows and it just, that's it's, the first image that popped into my head. I don't really have a, a logical way of, of saying why. It just made me think of, you know, stark images and smoke and, you know, I don't know, women with lush lips. <laughs> I don't know why. I, well, well, again, I think we'll get more into her lyrics. But yeah, her yeah. her lyrics are like poems. Her lyrics are are very good. I really like her lyrics. Um, um, and like the image, like with poetry, a really good imagery. Just like these specific images that she describes. There's a specific one that like later. But. Yeah, and I I've made some notes on some lyrics, but on for later songs too. That was just the vibe. That the first thing when I I'd say I was laying in bed kind of late at night, the first time I listened to this album. I've never listened to this album. Um, I, I I was really only familiar with one Fiona Apple song, that I think might have been on her first record or second record. It was kind of a hit, uh, but so I was in the dark. 
listening. I listened to the album straight through, and again, the first thing I thought of was like, "Wow, this is kind of like, I don't know, a, a film noir." And yeah, well, we should probably say like, yeah, I don't know anything about Field Apple. I don't think I've listened to anything. I can't think of. Maybe I've heard a song, but I don't. I can't remember. And I know I was looking up some information about her and and this album in particular. And like one one article or something I read categorized it as like um, chamber pop or baroque pop. <laughs> yeah, and I I and I, I'm not really sure what they meant by that. Um, it's because I mean I. I I don't, you don't tend to. I, I don't recall really hearing a lot of guitars on this record. There's a lot of strings. There's a lot of these weird synthesizer stuff. Obviously, she plays the piano. That I know. And then there's um, the drums. The drums are very, very uh, obvious. I think on every song. Uh, but then Limp moves into a song. I'm sorry. Uh, to your love moves in a song called Limp. Yeah. Also, just want to say I think to your love. Might be my favorite on the album. I really, I really oh, like it. Oh, well, that's, that's I, interesting. I I think the like chorus is really catchy, and it's so it's it's really good. And and I think her vo- you really see her vocals. So I think there are times it's her vocals are really rough, kind of and raw. Yeah. And then others, it's like shows that she can sing. Yeah. And she's singing high and smooth and beautiful. Um, I well, and I think that rawness is a is a is a strong theme. Yeah, it's the, she's, she is she's not holding of, anything back. Yeah. Uh, so, so, well, that's good to note. Cause I'm, I'll, I'll tell you later, which, which song was my, favorite? is my favorite. I have a, I have a favorite and a war and a least favorite, I think. Oh, uh, you know, I didn't pick a least favorite, but, um, uh, it's fun. I'll say when I first listened to it, I marked one song as saying, Oh, this is my favorite. But then as the album went on, it kind of got bumped, and then it got bumped again. Oh. So, um, so then we move into the song Limp, and this one, to me, just gave off this kind of ominous sound quality. Um, it had this really jazzy drum break that I liked. Uh, I put this like it's a fight back song. I don't know. I, the lyrics kind of made me think that, you know, she was now kind of standing up for herself. I didn't make any notes on the lyrics for this one, so. It's a little change of pace. I think it gets faster. I, I think this is where, like, it, one, the first time that it gets faster, um, but it still keeps the same feel yeah. of the whole thing. Yeah, I, I wasn't like really analyzing the lyrics, but she's like, yeah, she's standing up it to, for herself. And that's what she's doing kind of this whole right. album. Um, but this, I think maybe it's more direct. I mean, and, and I, again, have a note. It's like, well, this is kind of another angry song. But I think you're right. There is a, there's a theme through that she's either angry at somebody or she's angry at herself. <laughs> you know, Maybe a little whole, both. A little bit of both in this whole album. Um, but it, this is where I, I think I started, to, you start to hear a little bit more of the production come in. Um, and then that moves into the song called Love Ridden, which 
I think is a really good title. <laughs> you know, like love ridden. You know, instead of being, you know, sick. Yeah, not bedridden. Right, <laughs> you're you're, you're love ridden. It's like you're sick because you're in love. I mean, um, this one to me was really melancholy. Yeah, this is slower. It's a classic kind of ballad yeah style with the strings I wrote, this kind of really lush sound i said i had a least favorite i don't actually know it might be this one but because i i was like all i wrote was like it's good but it doesn't stand out to me I, it to me it was it just it did encapsulate as I was listening to it and the again this kind of lush melancholy sound that it really did kind of get across this feeling of coldness between people like you know if you're angry at your husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend this this kind of distance that happens I, I don't know it it, it it to me it did. It did sink in from an emotional perspective. I, I couldn't say, you know, thinking back, well, I didn't love the song, but it definitely hit me pretty hard uh, it, just as I was listening to it. Um, but and, and part of it, I think I was just taken by the by the title. Yeah, I didn't think <laughs> I about the say. title really. So yeah, that's really, I didn't realize, but it's a good title. She does have a very good way. She has a way with words. She does have a, a way with words. I mean, and, I, and I think, you know, as you as someone who's written poetry, I've never really written poetry. I, I, it did really strike me as a, I mean, these, these could be poems uh, that again, that they just said, okay, well, what kind of music would fit this mood of the poem? And I think the love written that lush kind of torch songy kind of sound was really good, but then it kind of shifts when you go to yeah. paper bag. And yeah, speaking of lyrics, I noted that I really liked the lyrics of the beginning where she's actually talking about the paper bag. I really I felt like those visuals of like somebody who thinks it's a bird, but it's just a paper bag floating is a really cool visual that I I think like really sticks in my head. Approaching to be grail, but as it came down it so did a weary tear. I thought it was a bird, but it was just a paper bag. Hunger hurts and I want them so bad or kills But as you were saying, like it gets more pop y with this. Yeah and and here, this one and the next song, I put trip hop. And I know that's a term that I've used a couple times you might not be that familiar with. Uh, there was a band, there's a band called Portishead that came out of England well before this, where it's these kind of slow, again, almost kind of melancholy lyrics, almost um, cinematic in their feel, but they have these weird little synthesizer sounds in the background, little almost like scratching too. It gave me that feel. This one to me, it was more bouncy. Yeah. But the lyrics were extremely pessimistic to me. I, that's not the feeling I got from it. But I could be wrong. I mean, your Im the imagery you mentioned about the 
the bird in the paper bag. Um, well, I don't think that's optimistic. Yeah, I guess I mean, maybe she thinks it's just it's, visually. It's, or the character thinks that it's a bird or something. Or it's, I mean, I think Stevens is like a dove, maybe hope, but it's not. It's a paper it's, bag. It's, just it's, a, yeah. it's trash. It's, right. So maybe that that's where I, I got like, boy, this is a But really... I, I, I just really like the Like everyone knows what a paper bag looks like flying. <laughs> Float through. through the air yeah, in the like, wind. It's a great image. It's a great comparison I would have never made. Um, but it's more poppy, but, and I, I was kind of waiting for it to, get into like a really poppy chorus but it it doesn't, it doesn't. It, yeah. it's 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 very like reserved i guess um and i think if you just if you just if you trust apple music you know the star the yeah, songs the star. that are starred paper bag and i think the next one are the two um that are starred as the the most popular i, I think it was fast as you can oh is it was starred uh, i believe it was paper bag and fast as you can but but this, so yeah, this is where it picks up, and then it moves into the song called "A Mistake," which to me was even more of this Portishead sound. It's got this weird kind of spacey guitar sound. I think I put this. It's like a sad dance song. <laughs> this yeah. is what I put. It's just kind of a, you know, it's kind of going back to the beginning. It's a great groove and her voice, very emotional. Uh, I said drips with emotion. Um, and and the beginning lyrics I, I wrote, because they kind of seem a little tongue in cheek, because she says, I'm going to make a mistake. I'm going to do it on purpose. Yeah. And this is one that I, I put in the lyrics down to. I put, you know, she sa- writes, if you want to make sense, what are you looking at me for? Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It, it It's a little bit of self-deprecation. Uh, but it, to me, I put down, you know, the song made me want to groove. But at the same time, it made me feel bad about dancing to the song. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like you want to dance, but then when you actually listen, to the yeah, lyrics, right. Like, Maybe I shouldn't be. Dancing. Maybe I shouldn't be dancing to the song because <laughs> it's 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 a, it's not really the happiest song. Uh, but that's I think there's a lot of that juxtaposition in this album. Is you know you you get those rhythms, you get some grooves, you get a little bit of upbeatness or some great piano playing. But then you listen to the lyrics, and you're like, oh. Well, yeah, maybe, I mean, this may be reading. You could maybe just reading too much into it, but you have, like, if it tells kind of a story, the whole album, like, you know, things get good, maybe like in a relationship, but it's not good, it's bad. Right. Um, things get good for a little while. But it doesn't last. Um, and we haven't talked about the length of the songs. I wrote down a couple times that I thought maybe some of them were a little long. Um, this one... I think has a pretty long instrumental kind of at the end. Yeah, that's it. You're, that's a good point. I, I didn't make notes about that, but now that you mention it, I think there's quite a few of them. I think there are a few that are maybe just a little long. This one stood out more where I was like, I think it's so long. There's this pretty long instrumental at the end that I was like, I don't know. I'm not like, I'm not huge on the really long guitar solos or anything. And this, I was like, I, yeah, I don't there know. are probably three or four songs where the the last. 90 seconds or so is instrumentation and 
I, that is that was a, a trend that I noticed. I, I I didn't make note of well which songs did I that that, that happen on, uh, but it is one that that's a, that something I did notice that there was that element of you'd get the musical introduction, then you'd get the really intense lyrics, and then you'd get a minute, minute and a half, two minutes of I don't know if it's music that long, the but there there are also instrument instrumental breaks. Use a lot of a fair amount of time. There's instrumental breaks in the middle of the song, which I'm like fine. I'm fine with that. Uh, I, I was fine with all the ones in this album, at least. But I, I don't mean, know if they any... were that long. I don't know if they're getting maybe, to two minutes yeah, or a minute not. or something. Maybe but not. they were like, I think this one was probably was maybe around a minute long, and uh, I I was like uh, I wasn't feeling it really. Um, but the next one, which is fast as you can. Um, it, to me, I, I I wrote down that this is my least favorite. Oh, really? I I liked this one a lot. Now I have to say, let me go back. On first listening, a mistake I listed as my favorite song. It did get bumped. It was a close second to "Fast as You Can." I really liked it a lot too. To me, I kind of put it as like jazz poetry. It's, I I wasn't thinking too much of the lyrics, but, and I like the way she kind of spits out the, the lyrics. Yeah, I mean, she, she she's like just... kind of she's going. It's it's fast at times, and then there I I wrote that that like it changes up. The song kind of goes fast, slows down for like maybe halfway yeah. through, and then it kind of comes back. I just I just I don't think I was just like a really big fan of just the music. I like. Just didn't like it. I just didn't really like. I mean, I yeah. Well, that's fine. You're wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I this is another one where I quoted uh, quoted the lyrics. It's, she says, "Sometime my mind don't shake and shift, but most of the time it does." <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I she she's funny. I think she can be funny. Yeah, in these. I, I think I just I I think I really liked her. Um, her performance on the lyrics, this really kind of, like I said, kind of spitting out the lyrics at you. I wouldn't say it was rap. That, I think that's why I put down more jazz poetry, like a word slam kind of thing. Um, but uh, there, there are, there, there are. I think pros to almost every song on the album. Yeah. Um, when we get to the the next one, the way things are. Uh, Here's where I I started to feel well. Is the album starting to feel a little samey? I mean, we've been we've been through so many songs. Yeah, they all have a good groove. They all have good drums. This this one felt more more pop to me. To me, it felt more poppy. It felt more like it had like a catchy melody. Uh, I didn't write much down for this one. I I pretty much just wrote down that it's catchy and good. I just I have to just put down that the production, the kind of the bigness of the song was really good, but I was now starting to feel that maybe the album that there were a lot of songs now in a row that had a very similar feel. Even if the the tempo was faster on some than others. 
I was starting to be like, okay, this is all very much in the same vein. But the next song kind of pulled me back out of that. Um, Get Gone. And I don't know why. I put, for some reason, this reminded me of a Paul McCartney song. And, song? and I don't even know why. The song called Get Gone, the next one. What what Paul McCartney song? I, I don't know. You I just wrote down Paul McCartney. It just the first thing I thought was like, well, this kind of sounds. Maybe it's just the piano in it's it. It's kind of the. I mean, it starts slow and then gets up to. I her. mean, it, it doesn't have the same melodic, like a Let It Be or whatever. I don't know. There was just something about it, and I, I may be totally off base, but there was just something probably about the piano. And I even put, I'm not sure why it made me think of this. It's. It starts slow, slower than, like it doesn't start with a groove like some of the other ones. It starts kind of slow and and then it builds up and it becomes kind of like, like, you know, kind of like the other ones, like a power ballad. How many times do I have to say to get away? Gone. Yeah, uh, a power like this whole album's kind of it's a power album kind yeah. of. I'm not like because it's not just like you know screw my ex. No, it's but not. it's because it's. I think it is more internal than than that. So I don't know if it, if it's right to call it a power album, but it's has some power element. Yeah, I, I mean, I put a, a, this is a stand up for herself song. Because there are songs where she's standing up for herself, other songs where she's not. There's other songs where she's, like I said, mad, mad at herself, etc. But there is this general feel of this is a self-empowerment album. I would say yes, but it's more And I don't know enough in whether she had just had a breakup or whatever when she wrote this. Um, uh, but this song made me kind of get, got me back into the album. After the previous song was kind of like, yeah, it's fine. This one got me back into the album. And then it closes with the song, I Know, which this is my favorite song on the album. Okay. Um, and this song, I immediately went back and listened to again, the whole thing through. Uh, this one gave me just kind of this smoky nightclub feeling. <laughs> it's... Um, it was very melancholy, but hopeful. It had more. This to me is more of the Paul McCartney. You're gonna, and you maybe you're right. I if don't you're know. gonna go for like a Let It Be or yeah. maybe a Long and Winding Road, maybe you're right. You're right. It has that piano, like, and I wrote that down. Like a dramatic piano works really well in this song and a lot of other songs, like Let It Be or Yeah, Long and Winding Road. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know why. Maybe I was just anticipating this ballad. <laughs> you knew that it was building <laughs> up to it. I think this was the perfect way to close the it's, album it's different than the other songs all the time it's a lot slower it, like the other the other song starts slow but it builds up to the power thing. yeah this stays slow. stay slow and her vocal performance i really like i really noted because it's a lot softer it's yeah so, it's like sounds almost sad well that's what where, I, i've got it's really melancholy where the other songs she was speaking her mind more she seemed more angry this time she just seemed sad 
And I don't, to me, it was maybe it's more of a, I've accepted the situation kind of, kind of stages song. of grief. Maybe. maybe. I mean, I put a, a quote here. She, she writes, you can use my skin to bury secrets in. I don't know what that means. Yeah. But, but I like, the I, I, I remember that lyric. She just, she has really good lyrics. I mean, um, and I maybe just, I don't know what they mean. I mean, when the, when it ended, you know, when the f- album first started, I thought, you know, this is an angry album. This is kind of an in your face record. Like you said, raw, bearing your soul. And then, and it built through and then it played this and it was melancholy. But at the end, I was like, I did have a sense of hopefulness for her or whoever. And like I said, I went back and I played the whole song through again. This was definitely my favorite song on the album. Okay. I can understand that. Uh, and there's no God Save the Queen at the end. There's no coda. There's no, <laughs> yeah, there's no little instrumental uh, close. Uh, but I mean, for a not knowing anything about the album, I was, I guess, a surprised by the intensity of of the listen. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I expected. I don't know if I had any expectation. I mean, I guess I expected it to be good. It was highly critically acclaimed, but I knew nothing. Knew nothing about Fiona Apple. I didn't know what it was going to be like, and and it was really good. I really like it. I don't think that there are any. I don't think there's any songs that I would skip. That's yeah, just, I would agree. Um, like like some other like I Night the Opera. There are some or like. And I think I'll listen. Like, you know, I mean, I think I'll listen to it again. Um, I don't think I'd skip. I I any. would listen to it again. I don't think it could ever be an album that would be on heavy rotation. No, it's you have <laughs> you gotta to be, be in the mood. Got to be in the mood. Like Queen, you can put on maybe. Like you know, it's more like it's not a song that you're listening to when you're walking to class on a sunny yeah, day. Yeah, it's when you're alone yeah. in your room. It's it's one of those or you know it's alone in your room or late at night you got your earbuds in or you know you're lonely or something and you just want to cry yeah i mean it's that kind of an album and there are times and places for that kind of an album although i could see pulling a few songs and put plop them in into playlists yeah for there sure are some songs you could take out um, um but it's a definite artistic statement yeah it's different. Like I, I mean, I keep on comparing it to Night at the Opera, which maybe isn't fair to a Night at the Opera or this. But <laughs> yeah. um, I, it, that's kind of that was the first one we did, so it's kind right. of the baseline. It's like it, it's where we're basing kind of everything off. But it's it's just it feels like yeah. If what we've already said, it feels like somebody who had something they wanted to say and, and they, they said it and they put it down. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, kind of I've got a summary. To me, again, it's all about the lyrics and her vocals. Yeah. And then the music builds off of those. And I think I already mentioned, you know, with the exception of some of the quirkiness, it's a pretty direct album. There aren't, as far as I can tell, there aren't tons of overdubs. and, And, you know, again, going back to Night at the Opera, where they're like, okay, we can, let's just make the most off the wall bombastic yeah you know music we can think of i think she's almost in the opposite direction yeah it's a way more intimate i think is a really yeah. good word um yeah and i thought you said this is in your face i think not about is really in your face too yeah uh, with its production uh but 
Do you want to rank it or I mean, rate I'm, it? I don't think I don't know if we should rank things on or, the albums to watch, it. but I think we should rate it. I mean, uh, I I know this sounds. I gave it a four out of five. I don't know if it's a perfect record. I probably could go four and a half. I wouldn't say it's perfect. I mean, there were, I had there were minimal problems. I had yeah. with it. Um, little things, but if we're doing out of five, like yeah, maybe a four and a half. I really liked it. I I think I I do think it is better than a night opera. I Just, think I think you're as a whole I as think a it whole. Is. A night opera okay, it has Bohemian Rhapsody. It has You're My Best Friend. Those are really good songs and some other songs that are really good, but. It feels like a night dapper was just a little. This feels like an artist who's in control. The other one was like, these are all these different people. They're a little out of control. I don't. Well, and to me, I think if if, if we're doing a direct comparison, a night of the opera to me was a song that or an album that was written almost specifically to to be a big hit. Yeah. And to kind of encapsulate. I know everything that that band could do in the studio, pull out all the stops. Yeah. Whereas this to me is, I want to go in as an artist. Yeah, it's a different approach. And create a set of songs that represent me emotionally in this moment. Two different, two, 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 yeah. I, it, it isn't fair to compare It isn't two. fair to compare them. <laughs> They're two different approaches. They're trying to do different things. Um, but I still like this probably more. Um, maybe even, you know, maybe you could mash it up like Death on Two Legs kind of fits. <laughs> yeah, that's li- true. Lyrically. <laughs> You're maybe right. Maybe you turn that maybe. into like a, a, a torchy, weird jazz ballad kind of thing. <laughs> and maybe they fi- maybe maybe make the lyrics a little better. She's better at lyrics. <laughs> She's better at lyrics. Li- oh, there's yeah, no queen. doubt about that. She's better at lyrics. I mean, yes, uh, like Bohemian Rhapsody's got this kind of bizarre I don't know what's going on lyrics these these are definitely I, I mean they're better lyrics they're better written songs and from a lyrical perspective um, could she write and she probably could write a great pop song she probably could maybe she has maybe I don't know she has and we just don't know um, some of these sound like as I said they're like almost yeah like very pop but they don't go there like I think maybe she it's almost like she's like I she's like I can't could go there but I'm not but like, I'm not going I'm to. staying back I'm, I wonder if someone's remixed these <laughs> I mean anyone could remix them uh, so I had a four and a half out of five and you yeah know, I had a four. had a four I could easily stretch to a four and a half upon discussion with you but I think we both agree that it's it is a very good record uh, it's the kind of record that when you're in the mood, it would fit the mood. Yeah, when when you're in the mood, it's like the greatest thing. Uh, but you have to be in the mood. You have to be in the mood. Uh, so do you want to move on to the movie? All right, so that was uh, our run-through of Fiona Apple's album from 1999, uh, Win the Pawn. And now we're going to shift to our movie from the same year. The movie is The Mummy. So, Simon, what the kind of background info do you have? Just really basic background info. It was written and directed by Stephen Somers, 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 and it stars Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weiss, John Hanna. Uh, it's about uh, adventuring 
and opening crypts. It's classic mummy stuff. And awakening a mummy. It was to remain sealed inside his sarcophagus. The undead for all of eternity. The Magi would never allow him to be released, for he would arise a walking disease, a plague upon mankind. So, I mean, and this was a big hit, I believe. I believe it was. I believe it made a, a lot of money. Um, I never saw it in the theaters. Uh, I have seen bits and pieces of it on TV various times, but I this might be the first time I've actually sat down and watched it from start to finish without commercials. Yeah, I had never watched it um, before. And I will. this is definitely something I definitely want to talk about. And I've said this before, I think. And one of the reasons maybe I haven't watched it is because I had the impression that it was kind of a low-rent Indiana Jones. <laughs> and I love, I, mean... Indi- I love Indiana Jones, um, but... I was like, well, it's like Indiana Jones, but worse. Do I want to watch it? Um, And I think my opinion after watching has changed and it hasn't changed. It is is kind of still a low-rent Indiana (laughs) Jones. I I had that exact wording as my final summary. But it is different and it does – I think its goal is different than Indiana Jones' goal. Uh, And I think – so I think it is different. I can see why people really like it. I've heard a lot about people really like it. It doesn't have the best reviews critically, but I've heard it's kind of a fan favorite. It's a fan favorite, yeah. And I, so. I can see why. Um, but I think we'll get, in, I mean, get I into think, more. I think it's got a great cast. Yeah, the cast is good. I mean, I think good, bad acting. I don't think you, it matters in this movie. I think Brendan Fraser is 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 perfect in this kind of very. It's very light. I mean, if you try, if you compare it to indie, Harrison Ford's a better actor. I think Harrison Ford has a brings a lot more gravitas or whatever term you want to use to the character. Brendan Fraser is just lighthearted. Yeah, and he's he's likable. He is likable. Um, I know there's a big deal about him, uh, kind of getting blacklisted from Hollywood and and how he could have been such a big star after this, but wasn't able to. I don't really know much about that. But yeah, like I think the movie, which I praise it for, is that it doesn't take itself seriously. At all. And I think that's its selling point. If it did, it would be bad. Right. (laughs) But it doesn't. So, and I don't think that solves all the problems that it has. Um, And there's a specific moment that I wrote that we'll talk about Maybe I mean, it later, goes all but... in on the fun. I mean, you said that this is technically a remake of the original Mummy. It is from whatever I think, the, 30s the 30s with, I think. with um, Boris Karloff. Another movie. I I don't know if I've ever seen the whole thing. Uh, this obviously probably has got a. I'm guessing a more complicated uh, story than that version. Uh, but back to the cast: Brendan Fra- Rachel Weisz. I think perfect, nerdy yeah, but sexy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, and the two baddies, uh, the, the 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 mummy guy and the and the woman, I think the the woman that was she's not in it that long. She's not in. She's it. mainly in it in the beginning. She's only in it at the beginning. I guess she is only in it at the, the beginning. The bad guys is the mummy, and I guess I mean there's kind of lots of different people that are maybe not bad, but they're antagonists. Yes, you have like the American, other American. Yeah. 
treasure hunters, then you have like the and then kind you've of got the, um, secret, the secret society guy, society guarding the temple. Yeah, um, and that's. And look, I think they look, all they look their part. Whether they're great actors, I don't know, but they fill their part. Yeah, very well. um, I want to, and we'll get to Indiana Jones. Yeah, there's definitely some comparisons. There's there. definitely some, but comparisons. Uh, I will have maybe we'll talk. We'll have this part where we'll talk all about it. Comparing say, I liked the flashback opening. I thought that was good. That's yeah. I think that's good. you know. So there's questionable CGI throughout the whole movie. Yeah, the CGI doesn't hold up. <laughs> but I didn't. It didn't take away from my enjoyment of the movie. No, it didn't. Um, but it doesn't hold up. It seemed to be pretty big budget. I think it. I think it was. I mean, I don't know, like, because I mean, they were on these big locations, big sets. I mean, there was obviously CGI things right. and like matte paintings you can see, um, but it seems pretty big. I mean, they had like a lot of action sequences yeah. and blowing stuff up, and... planes, and pretty big numbers of of extras. Yeah. So it, it did have a kind of a big budget feel. I like the fact that they actually spoke Egyptian in part of it, you know, because you could so easily have someone just talking in yeah. an accent. They do talk. I'm in assuming it's Egyptian. Some languages. I think. I think. Some I think of they it's speak, Arabic. They, they do speak in Arabic. For I think most of it is, but may, I think is it the the mummy who speaks yeah. Egyptian, which I mean makes sense. <laughs> He's, but I mean, you, they, you could so easily have them just talking in a you know, yeah, in an accent. Yeah. Uh, so there were th- things like that that I liked. I thought the costumes were good. It's predictable, though. It is predict. I mean, it's a straightforward action movie, kind of. I I I think when it overall, it's pretty straightforward the story. But I think it does a good job of kind of having it. Ha- it's kind. It's an action adventure. There's some horror stuff though yeah. that I kind of like. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. makes it different that there's some horror stuff. There is some. You're right. Uh, I kind I liked the way, and I know we're jumping around in the plot. The way Imhotep, the mummy, sucks the life out of everybody, yeah, and, and needs to get their bodily fluids or whatever like, to come back to life. Yeah, only like specific people too. <laughs> yeah, um, but which that actually doesn't really make sense because, like, what if one person opened it? Uh, yeah, then would he well, not be just, able to fully regenerate? Maybe we just need one person, or maybe it's know. like magic where just he has to get everyone, but. Going back to the very beginning, character introductions. Oh which yeah, I like just in general movies. I and and when I'm watching a movie, I like to pay attention to how they introduce characters uh, because I find it really interesting. And I do think they do a good job. Like they introduce, um, I guess they introduce the Brendan Fraser character first in the flashback. Um, Oh, yeah, because there's actually two flashbacks. You're right. Because, yes. yeah, that's what I know the thing I wrote like, at the beginning. I was like, lots of time jumps. They are jumping around in time. But it's kind of weird. I mean, it's kind of weird that they – I don't even know if they – I don't think they need that. I don't think you need the beginning. The only reason I could see them having that beginning flashback is because they wanted to show the uh, other guy, the coward guy. Study! You're with me on this one, right? Oh, your strength gives me strength. Yeah, and they wanted to show that he knew where the yeah, secret city was. Yeah, but you could do that. I kind of put that. It. I didn't. I thought he'd have a cooler introduction. I thought he would too. Um, like, but I, I originally what got me to think about the character is actually Evelyn, uh, Rachel Weisz character, <laughs> her introduction, <laughs> yeah. which is a really good introduction. I mean, she's a librarian. Yeah, she's clumsy. She's. I mean, she is a stereotype, but you know, she's. 
And like I like how she's balancing on the yeah. ladder, and then she knocks every bookcase down. Um, then, and and what I th- another thing that I thought was interesting, smart. I think it's kind of smart, but it's you could it could be a flaw too. Is that you know she immediately says well, what well, her you, skills you put are. Put up with me because um because I can I can read and write ancient Egyptian, and I can I can decipher hieroglyphics and heretic. And, well, I am the only person within a thousand miles who knows how to properly code and and catalog this library. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so you're like, okay, this is what she can do. She says it. I mean, the guy's like, why do I keep you here? And she's like, well, you keep me here because (laughs) Because I I know ancient Egyptian. I know how to do this. I can, you know, you know, know this ancient stuff. So I was like, okay, at least that's, you could say maybe that's telling and not showing. Right. But I think it's kind of smart and... And funny, kind of too, that she kind of just well, and it's, out. Yeah, and it's it is. It's done in a humorous way, so that even it is telling, not showing. You kind of get well. This is her personality, you know, and she is that nerdy kind of thing. And I, I, it's a funny scene. It's, it's again, it's really well done. There's, there's an element of just lightheartedness to it that makes you kind of just say, oh, yeah, this is going to be a fun movie. And it has Early the on. whole movie. And then later in the next scene, she says, you know, I don't have field experience. That's her one thing. And I was like, okay, so we get it. She's book smart. She's not street smart. Right. And she's about to get a lot of field experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, even that's, and that's the one thing she needs. Um, and with the humor, that is a joke that I really liked. In that scene when she says, you know, her brother's pranking her. She hears something. Yeah. She's calling out names, and she says, Abdul, Muhammad, Bob. I thought that was a funny <laughs> joke, kind of making fun of the really common, common names. Common names. Uh, that I was like, yeah, I think that's pretty funny. And I think the movie, as you said, like it knows what it is. It knows what it is. It's not trying to do more. I mean, if you compare moves to, to other movies, um, you know, there's there is the obvious Indiana Jones comparison, and I think the biggest one is pro- well, obviously it's set in you know there's the whole Egyptian thing, but the the Magi group, you know the the Arab people yeah. that are protecting, like Last they're Crusade. like the Templars in the Last Crusade. Yeah, I, I where who, you, you think they're bad, but they're really good. Um, they'll do anything to protect the to make sure nothing evil happens. And then you were the one that kind of brought up the comparison to um, uh, to the man who would be king with the names. I didn't oh, catch yeah. that. This was at off. All. I said this before that, and I only caught this because I was looking at the Wikipedia page briefly, and it says the full names of the characters. But Evelyn and Jonathan in this, their last name is Carnahan, and. In in the last movie we watched, the main movie King Michael Caine plays a character's name is Peachy. Well, Carnahan. then I'd say after you'd mentioned that, and then I finished watching the movie. There's the scene where the Star of David saves the guy, which is kind which of which is like, kind of like the eye of yeah. the you know the all seeing eye that's, necklace. That's another joke that I liked. A lot. Yeah, where he's pulling. He's out like the trying different, different religions. He's <laughs> like, oh, this one didn't work. I'll try this one, and then it does work. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it kind of makes sense. I don't know history, but I assume it makes sense. Hebrews, Hebrew, the, so, yeah. the Jews were, you know, were, were slaves. Were yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I thought it was funny. It was funny. That was funny. But then that just made me think, oh, okay, that's very much like uh, uh, 
uh, in the man who would be king. Yeah, and yeah, and speaking of the cast, that guy's perfectly cast. Yeah, he's really good at playing the coward. His voice is <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> stereotypically cowardy. Yeah. Uh, and actually, another Indian Jones comparison. This may be a stretch. Is that the in the flashback? I was like in the flashback at the beginning. Brendan Fraser and the coward. He, I, I was like. When I watched it, I was like, well, he, you know, he gets betrayed by his friend. And I was like, that's at the beginning of Raiders, he gets betrayed that's by his friend. That's true. So, like, maybe that's a stretch. I mean, it's not the same. He survives. He doesn't die like the other guy, uh, like Alfred Molina does. Right. Uh, but I was, I guess I was in the Indiana Jones mindset immediately. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. You are. He gets betrayed by his friend at the beginning. Uh, but he gets away. Um, not as cool. I mean, I guess. He just runs away and hides in the I mean, thing. but I mean, Indiana Jones just runs away. I guess too. you're right. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, we'll go. He there's there's Indian Jones, but also Han Solo. I think. Yeah. They, there's the part where Evelyn even calls him a scoundrel, like Leia. Like she says the word scoundrel at at the beginning, and I was like, this is like Leia. I mean, Leia does the whole scoundrel thing. Um, I mean, there I, there's definitely that um, with the moment when he's in jail at the beginning and he just leans in and he kisses, just kisses her. her. I was like, eh. and then there's the scene where I think they're on the boat and she's just, yeah, she's I, fretting okay, over we'll, the we'll kiss. We'll talk about because actually before that, because when she says she's a he's she says he's a scoundrel to her brother and then he's behind them and then she turns around and is like obviously super attracted to him. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I think he's like shaved. Yeah. And, oh yeah, I forgot. And now she was like, oh, oh. like she's, she's like she's like, he's a scoundrel. I don't like him. He's and a then, dirty, you know, <laughs> scruffy. And then she turns around herder. and she's like, oh and she just like melts. Filthy, rude, a complete scoundrel. I don't like him one bit. Anyone I know? Yeah, because he's all clean and his hair is combed, and he's, which he's in his uniform or whatever. Yeah, I was again. just like, uh, like there are times this the romance is where I was I like eye rolled. Yeah, was, the it was, music too is so over the top. Yeah, I don't like that. I is yes, it would be fine if it was like one time because it's like a joke or it's like it's because the whole movie doesn't take. It's kind of a parody in some ways, but it just happens again and again where like you play the music. It's always the same music <laughs> of like the t- stereotypical romantic yeah. music, and it shows one of them looking at it, the other one, and they're like super. I almost like, want to say there was soft focus, but I don't think there was. I think that's me it just didn't adding. Go, it didn't go that. I think that far. was me adding that in. But you mean well, not. But it, they they do the kind of the typical where she's in the library, hair's all up. Yeah, I, I, is she she's wearing glasses? Be, she's supposed to be playing. I can't remember. But then, as they get out into the field, she her puts hair, on her her hair. There's starts that, coming there's down. this one scene where they lose their clothes, and then she puts <laughs> on like native clothing. Yeah, but it's like only in that one scene. All we had to do is give him your sister. Yes, awfully tempting, wasn't it? Awfully. And they just do the romantic music. He's looking at her. They like kind of pan up or, or down her body, and then it's like it's like that. It ends. They don't right. talk about it. She's not like wearing the veil in ever front of her again. Face. Like, it's just like why is this? <laughs> it's just like uh, it's just to show that they are super attractive. Yeah, but to it's each just other. like it's you don't need to. No, do you more. don't need. It's, and, it's, and it I, is obvious. It and, is a little. I wasn't a huge fan of the scene where she's like can't get over the kiss the kiss, the kiss. and she's like, in there like she's she's not really in lingerie but. i mean yeah that that's a hollywood thing 
And it happens in this movie, too, where she, the woman, loses clothes just all the time. <laughs> just like she's changing clothes throughout the whole movie. Guys never change their clothes. They're wearing the same clothes the entire time. She's like constantly wardrobe changing. She packs a huge trunk of clothes. I and guess. then like, and this is at the very end when she gets captured. I'm pretty sure she's wearing like different clothes and then. When she's tied to the thing, she's now suddenly wearing less clothes. That's what I Yeah, I th- you're probably think. right. And they, I was like, what's going on? Did the bad guy take off her clothes? Like, why does she need to clothes. take off more of her clothes? It, uh, but we'll we'll get to that. But I wasn't a huge fan of that because I'm like, when I don't know if not sure if this is what they're going for, but the like, she's plain, nobody's ever interested in her. I think she's that's what they were going obviously for. Obviously, very beautiful. Yeah, I woman. think that's what they were going for. So it's kind of like she's not like don't try to act like she's not attractive. Yeah, she's the nerdy librarian, and she even has that scene when she's drunk, where she's like, "I'm a librarian." I am proud of what I am. And what is that? I am a librarian. Which is kind of funny. And, which is funny, but then of course, and you knew you saw it coming. She yeah. leans in for he, the kiss, she's like, I'm gonna and kiss she passes you. out, and then she passes, and he's like, "Yeah, you knew." You, I mean, it, it was it was telegraphed all the way. Th- th- those are the things that kind of take you out of the movie a little bit, or these kind of yeah. obvious tropes. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with tropes sometimes in these kinds of movies, but those are the things that take you. Yeah, out. I think that was just a little too much. Yeah, but. I mean, again, it doesn't know. There's a line that I like, but it's also kind of the problem with the movie, but it is good is when when, he, when at the end when he's like, what are you going to do? Rescue the damsel in distress, kill the bad guy, save the world. <laughs> yeah. you know. So obviously they know. They know. It's not trying to take us to associate. They're self-aware. Yeah. They know it's tropey. Um, they know it's not, you know, super deep or, or anything, but uh, – but it doesn't necessarily make it better. I think, I think, yeah, it knows that it's tropey, but it's still tropey. I mean, it's right. still not really good. Um, it's fun, but there are parts that are the um, not too predictable. Not. I have to say, boring. I I've actually seen the second Mummy more, and I was there were times when I think I was getting that movie confused with this one. Um, because I thought the the head magi guy was in it more. Um, he's not in it much. But he's not. But I think it's because he's in it a lot in the second movie. Because um, he just survives. Somehow. Yeah, he just survives somehow. Um, what did you think about the uh, the British airman guy? Yeah, the British <laughs> airman. Um, that's you know that's how we that's the guy who he says the we're gonna save the world. Yeah. Um, I think it's. I mean, he. I don't know I, if he if it was. Kind I think of he making, was fine. I mean, obviously, it's kind of a comedic action scene, and obviously they had the whole CGI dust storm after him, which I I found a little bit. I mean, yeah, that was rough. But the fact the fact that he dies because he wants to die. He the, wants to die. He's the only one in that plane 
that dies. They're guys literally tied to the wings and they yeah. don't die. They're like they're not even hurt. <laughs> they crash like head of first. There are people tied to the wings. They're completely fine. <laughs> and, but he dies and sinks. <laughs> and of course they they land in quicksand too. So the plane yeah. goes down in the quicksand. I mean, <laughs> I was okay with it. Like it's just like oh, it's this funny guy. They did have him earlier in the movie. Yeah, and he's like the you know I wish I died with my brothers. <laughs> Um, <laughs> right, and whatever. Uh, all like also, we could do get into full Indiana Jones comparison if you want to right now, because I was gonna say you know it is also around the same time uh, as Indiana Jones is. It's not the same time, but it is near it. I think it's like nineteen. Late well, this 19- was ninety nine. When like did, when... like it, in the movie. Like, oh, you're right. Yeah, it's, it's like twenty something. It's nineteen. One time they say nineteen twenty something. So it's around late late twenties. I think Indiana Jones is like mid 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 thirties. Yeah. Um. So it has that same feel. Def- uh, definitely. Um. That is one thing. Um. I feel like indie is more. Uh. I I don't want to say like he it, to me it's smaller of a story even though yeah it's about Nazis and they're trying to take over the world but I I felt like they aren't literally saving the world in Indiana Jones like he's more like they're trying to stop like for raiders they're trying to do like the arc uh they're trying to stop the arc but you don't ever really know if the arc is actually magical until right. the end until the end so you're like. I mean, in this, you know, he's come back. In this, there's there's the ten plays. Yeah, as soon as he comes hit. back, the world is like dying. Yeah. Um. So it's a little more like we actually need to save the world, which I was like, I get because it's part of this thing. But I don't know if you. That's what I like about indie too. Is it's more of this. Well, I mean, it's an unfortunate comparison because, well, Spielberg's a way better director. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I mean there's nothing against the direction in this movie. There are I some mean, cool things in it. You know, there, there are some some decent shots, and they did what they could with the CGI for the time. But you don't get that kind of, I don't know, I don't just know. that emotional feel. Um, I mean, just the two openings. Forget about the the uh, the flashback to Egypt when yeah. you know. Let's say if that wasn't there, and you just had the opening with the gun battle. Compare that opening the to the beginning of Raiders. There's just no comparison. There's no comparison. Uh, yeah, like speaking of character introductions, that's one of the best, the, the most iconic, and probably one of the best. Yeah, uh, you just can't compare it. And that's where I was expecting something a little bit more memorable. I mean, he just gets introduced. Oh, he's shooting guns. Yeah, I mean, he's. It's kind of funny. He's. There's a little bit of slapstick. He he's like kind of like. I don't know. He, uh, yeah, he's. I, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't even really remember it. It's just. I, it, the, he would have been better to be introduced in prison. Yeah, I, if that was like him. Oh, he starts in prison. Like, okay, that's a character introduction. Yeah, and I kind of think I kind of met, like in my mind that was his introduction because I kind of forgot. Like, I wasn't even thinking about. It. I don't. I don't even know if you need to have the, that section, but. I was just, yeah, I think introducing him in prison maybe would have been better, but even still, he doesn't really do anything. He no, just, he doesn't. He kisses her. Kisses her. He says, I know where it is, and you need to get me out he of here. He has kind of a cool line later, which I kind of like, is when she's like, why'd you kiss me? And he's like, well, I thought I was going to die. So I was like, I guess that's, you know, that's a pretty good reason, actually. Uh, but uh, he's just not, he's more of like a generic action hero yeah. than, he than, doesn't than have Indiana the, Jones. He doesn't have the personality as Indiana Jones. 
I mean, he, he is, a, he, again, he's appealing, I think, just because he's likable. But I don't think the character is as well-roundedly written as Indiana Jones either. He's just, he's more like, and I was, spot, like, in some of the action sequences, he's more just like, I mean, there's a lot more gunplay than Indiana gun Jones, play. which I'm not a huge fan of gun play, like, from, like, generic gunplay uh, stuff compared to, like, punching but uh he's there were t- you know he's just the classic he's calm under in these people are shooting and he's shooting it's just like it's okay i guess not as eh, cool and he's kind of bond like there are bond line he says bond lines um in this movie that quips. kind of bond quips um i put down a line now i can't remember where it happened that happens a lot around here i but i can't remember where in the movie that happens happened. a lot around i don't remember harm ever came from reading a book that happens a lot around here uh, I, I, I'm going to have to go back and and, and I feel like it. I remember that line, I too. I specifically wrote that down, but I, I don't know why. <laughs> it was probably a good line. I just yeah. don't remember it. Uh, and you know, also didn't realize, but Rachel Weisz married to James married, Bond. Married to James Bond. Or the married last James Bond. <laughs> to um, Daniel Craig. But, like, and this is the worst line in the time movie, is the, the end when he's like, we didn't get anything, and then he's like, I got, we got something. That's the bond line. When <laughs> yeah. he's like, we got, no, we did or I don't know what the brother says. The brother's like, we didn't get anything valuable again yeah. or something. And then he's like, we got one thing valuable. And then he kisses her. He kisses <laughs> her. It's just like. He kisses her on the oh, camel as the sun is it's setting. It's so bad. That's a terrible line. And she's sitting side saddle in front of him. And then like, yeah, then he's sitting, then she's like sitting like on his lap yeah. basically as they ride Into out. the sunset. I mean, to the sunset's a classic. <laughs> I mean, the brother kind of almost saves it because he's like, you know, making fun of it. He's like, but it's not. The I mean, and then most of the stuff in the, the climax to me wasn't as exciting as I thought it was going to be. I thought that she'd be in a little bit more peril than she really was. I mean, I know she's tied down and they're going to do the spell thing, but. I mean, for the most part, it's them running away from those scarab beetles. Uh, a lot of running away from scarab beetles. Yeah, the scarab beetles are kind of cool. I don't really... It's kind of weird, but, I mean, it's kind of scary. Yeah. Like, I mean, again, I the mean, CGI I is... A bit in, of the horror element where it goes into the skin. Yeah, I mean, and, the CGI is not good. It doesn't look real, but but it it's kind of scary I mean it's kind of weird like they're like you can do it he cuts it out and he's not he cuts not, it out of one guy and he's fine he's not hurt at all there's no mark or and anything they, right it, 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 it kind of didn't make sense there's one scene where the mummy is almost fully back to human and a scarab beetle comes out of his ear and, and goes his, and he eats it it's like, like why is he eating I thought the scarab beetles ate him <laughs> you know kind of no but now he's like a god or something yeah I mean, that was kind of a cool shot. I, I mean, and then there was the classic, the walls are falling and you've got to get under it yeah. before the walls go down. I mean, there was a, some things that were, again, you can't not relate it back to Indiana Jones. Uh, it just wasn't, as uh, I found parts, the some of the action scenes earlier more exciting than the climax. I think that's 
a problem with a lot of movies. And I, I've got that from a lot of movies where like, or action movies where you're like, this action sequence really good. Like for, like recently, like Shang-Chi. Um, yeah. Where there's some really good early action sequences in Shang-Chi and then the end is just not good. Or, you know, it tries to get bigger, but it's not as yeah. good. But I think that's, I mean, I would assume it's really hard to do with movies is, you know, do something really well and then keep on trying to make it better up. and keep on trying to make it better. Um, Indiana Jones, its climax is, Raiders is interesting. I mean... Right. I mean, it's not a big action scene. It's just... The bad guys won, and but then obviously they all die. Right. Um, so it's not a big action scene. It's different. And which is different from this, which is a kind of you know a big fight in, in the tombs, etc. He's got a sword. Right. Yeah. But because I mean, I thought it was more interesting early when the guy loses his eyes and his tongue. I thought yeah, that, that was a better thing. And then when they're kind of hiding out, they have in like the, the cat. Cool. Oh yeah, I like the cat. <laughs> yeah. I like that too. They're like the cat's the gardens of the underworld. So yeah. he can't face the cat or <laughs> so, something until he's fully human yeah. again. Or which fully... they use like one time. They use. I one mean, time. again, you don't want to keep on using it. So I think that works. It did work in the scene where they brought the cat back, and uh, so again, I think it was a little bit anticlimactic at the end, but. Overall, you know, you think, yeah, that's a, it's an enjoyable movie. You know, it if it comes on on a Sunday afternoon. I feel like I heard a lot about the – I feel like I've heard stuff about the hand shot where the broken off mummy hand is like grabs the sword. Oh, yeah. Um, which is a cool shot. But I, I heard that was like – because like he can't reach it, but then the hand yeah. grabs it and he grabs the hand. <laughs> right. Which is cool. I think that's a cool idea. But also I think there's stuff with CGI, you know. It's there cool. were things that kind of reminded me of the um, – uh, There the, were zombies. What was the movie too. that we watched? The old stop motion one. Um, um, the – Jason, Jason the, Argonauts. the Argonauts. Yeah, Jason the Argonauts. Just because it's the skeleton guys come back to life, they got to fight them. They I mean, come out of the ground. They come out of the ground or they come out of the wall or something. I mean, I know it's all CGI in this. Yeah. Uh, but it, it had that feel. I mean, and maybe that's part, the part, part of it I did like because it had that feel of the old 50s, 60s yeah. adventure movies. Um, but – in some ways, I wish it would have. It would have been more fun if it was stop motion, versus versus the CGI. dated CGI. I can take dated stop motion better than I can take dated CGI. Yeah, I think. But I, I mean, it again, it didn't keep me from enjoying the movie. There's, we're just so used to seeing really good CGI. Yeah, now. we're used to seeing really good CGI, and then old stop motion is so old that you that just you just accept it. Yeah, uh, this is this kind of in between. Um, yeah, it's kind of in Some stuff that I wrote down was the city. I was like, I said, how is the city hidden? The rising sun just reveals it. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how the city is hidden. They're just like, oh, it's about to be revealed. The sun rises and then it's there. <laughs> I'm like, do you have to be in a specific spot? Or, it's just like, what? what's the hiddenness of this? Well, and when they're there at the beginning, they're just there, and everyone seems to know it's there. I mean, they said, like, tons of people have fought on it. Yeah. It's some – It to me, and they just don't know what's under it. I mean, again, that's another kind of – you hate to compare it to Indiana Jones. There was a, there was only a very specific way they could find where the where the, um, the arc is, is. Yeah, like, they don't have that, which is kind of – 
maybe I, I would expect them to have something where it's like, you know, the map. It doesn't just tell them where it is. Yeah, there's a map. They which have gets to. gets burnt up. And he just like, well, I know where it is. Yeah, well, I know where it is. Like, I understand that's the plot. They're like, that's why they go to him. It's because they don't yeah. know where it is. And I, I actually do like that because you think he just burns it because he's clumsy. But he's not. He did it on purpose because right. he's part of the thing. Yeah, because he's part um, of the, the but, cult uh, or whatever. But, uh like I was like, yeah, I thought there was gonna be something where like they have to get a like they have the key thing, but I thought maybe they'd have to get something to go somewhere, and then that would tell them where. But no, they're just like we're going there, which is different. Which yeah. I I didn't hate, we're but just go- going it's, there. they want it like pretty much the whole movie is set in the place. It, yeah, and they're just kind of battling over this place. They're camping there. They're just, and I guess, yeah, they're all battling to see who's going to win, find the treasure. But they're first. like not, you know, they're obviously not, you're not, they're not like evil. They're not trying to kill each other, but they're like what? competing. <laughs> what? It's uh, the one thing that, I mean, I, I it, it's, you couldn't have the movie without it, but, you know, they find the Book of the Dead. Yeah. And of course, anytime anyone's asleep, you can steal anything from them without yeah. them waking up. Uh, and, you know, she starts reading the, I don't know what you yeah. want to call it, the spell. the, And, you know, immediately the guy wakes up and no. says, don't read from the book. But he doesn't tell anybody ahead of time. Don't you read, know, don't from, read from this book. It's bad. I mean, it's just. I, I mean, mean, she wouldn't. She didn't. At that point, she doesn't believe in it anyway. Yeah. She, so she doesn't believe in it, which is fine. Yeah. Um, that she's like, oh, I don't believe. Um, but you do kind of have. That's all. I mean, she's kind of, you know, the clumsy right. woman. And she doesn't really do very much when it comes to action, um, which is fine. She doesn't need to do that much when it comes to action. Really, no, nobody does that much. No, not Other really. than the Brendan Fraser character. But I, mean, I think she, I, I felt like she could have done more than she does in the movie. It's it to she me. She translates some things tra- here and there. You know, yeah, she's supposed to be like, you know, she knows where they're going. Yeah. She knows what they need to do. It basically... What I realize is, you know, they took Indiana Jones and just split him into multiple characters, kind of. So, you know, in Indiana Jones, it would be Brendan Fraser and her in one character. You know, yeah. he's smart. He knows what they're doing. He and can read he, everything. And he fights. Yeah. Um, I think the movie could have, I mean, again, I don't want it to be like Indiana Jones. Um, and I, I, like, I would, like, I do feel like Indiana Jones, though, had a, I don't want to just say like, oh, it should have just been Indiana Jones. <laughs> um, and like, then why are you even making another movie? But I think like a Marion is a really good character, but maybe, you know, that's what, and then she's not as, I mean, Indiana Jones doesn't have as much of the like, look at this woman, she's beautiful, but no. she's clumsy. Not really. I mean, she's, she's, Definitely more of a... I mean, look at how they introduce Marion. Right. She's drinking. She's having a drinking contest. She owns her own place. She kind of gets into a fight with the Nazis. Again, I don't want to say like, oh, she should just be Marion. No. But I, I think... I mean, I think what they're playing off of is she's a feisty librarian. I mean, I she's, mean it's a different kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's a different character. They're going for like a... They're trying to uh, balance. Know, they're the... trying to balance it. You know, she has her strengths. She's, you know, she's smart. She knows what she's doing, but she, you know, she can't but she's fight. Still she's is still kind of clumsy. Yeah. She's still a damsel in distress. And he's the, I mean, he's not dumb, but he's just, <laughs> yeah, he's just the muscle, true. I guess. He is just the muscle. Um, he doesn't, 
do that much. I mean, the, the, I mean he just fights, which is he, fine. He is just the muscle. I mean, there's the, even the scene on the boat where he opens up his weapon roll and there's all those the guns and he's like, you got to be ready to. You and know. he's this tough guy, man. Yeah. And she's like trying to talk to him or something. Yeah. He rolls out his guns. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, it, we make it sound all negative. It, it, no, yeah. But I do want to say like this movie is very enjoyable. Like it's very entertaining. I found it like really entertaining. Like I just, it's it's entertainment. It's it'd not... be an interesting, I, I don't know if it'd be better to see it on a big screen or not. I don't know. Because of the CGI stuff. That's where I think you might lose some of it. The music, I don't, really remember much of i only remember the romance music i don't like that so i mean that's another thing obviously compared to indiana jones williams i mean you remember the music it's such an integral part of the movie this one i i don't remember the music did not stand out to me at all um Uh, but it's a again it's a good popcorn movie it's, it's a, a popcorn great popcorn movie. movie. I mean, it doesn't take itself seriously, which I applaud. Um, but also, it doesn't just because you say that you know you're gonna there's a damsel in distress and you're gonna rescue the damsel and you're gonna save the world doesn't make it really better. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, it's funny, but it, I mean, it doesn't like make it. Now it's fine. It's not a great story, but uh, and maybe this is why Indiana Jones is such a good character is that he's these characters in one character like. If 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 this was Indiana Jones, he you know there wouldn't be her and Brendan Fraser. They would be just Indiana Jones together, right? And then then you maybe you have more room for other characters, and you could do more different stuff with other characters instead of. Um, I mean, what did, by, again, what, what was your what did you think about the brother character? The brother I liked. I mean, he's the comedy relief. He's the comedy relief, um, and he's fine. Like he's good. He's not like he's in it a lot. Um, but I don't remember a lot of what he does. He's kind of just the comedy relief. Yeah. I mean, he kind of starts the story because he had stolen this thing from yeah, the Brendan Fraser character. They don't explain where he got it, uh, the key. Yeah, they don't show him um, get it, but they're just like, I guess he got it when he yeah, was there. <laughs> yeah. Or at least I don't remember them. So they don't show him get it. Uh, but yeah, obviously he's kind of the the shady brother that kind of can weasel his way out of everything. Uh, is always looking to make a buck or whatever. You know, he's the pickpocket. Yeah, they, which I I I appreciate that they established that he he's he pickpocketed it, and then later he pickpockets the bad guy, um, right for the same thing. So I was like, okay, it makes sense. You know, that wasn't out of nowhere. Um, he's good. Like I think he's fine. I mean, I think they're all they're all almost they're almost all tropes, um, and, but again, I think this it's it's a. What's the phrase? It's a, it's a bigger than the sum of its parts yeah, or whatever. The, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's greater than the it's sum the of its parts. It's greater than the sum of its parts. I mean, I think that's what it is. I think it somehow is. Somehow it's better than it should be. <laughs> yeah. Know? And I think I actually, um, I read a Roger Ebert review. Oh, did, I didn't read any I reviews. read a review of it after watching it. And he said he liked it. He gave it three stars out of four. And he was like, you know, I can't say with a straight face that this is a good movie, but it's really entertaining. <laughs> Why? Well, like, so, I mean, that's a good sum- and it, summary. He's like, it. yeah, you know, it, you know, it has a lot of problems, but at its core, it's fun. You like, and you like there's yeah. a part of you that just likes, that's just like this entertainment. And yeah. You just watch it. It's a popcorn movie. He compared it to some other movies that I don't, 
I don't know. But um, there's some parts that just little parts that I wrote about, like when they open up the thing and they're like, he's still juicy. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really like that, that line. Was a good line. <laughs> they all That's say it together. Right. No, I've never seen a mummy look like this before. He's, he's still, still. Juicy. juicy. Yes. They're like, he's still, and then the guys are like, juicy. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. like, yeah, he's juicy, I guess. Like, that's just such a silly you... line. It's like. It's... But it does describe it, right? Yeah, it's so, it's so, it's a great line, but it's like just so silly. Um, another thing that I thought was weird is because he's, he, he, he's from, my, I, what I got from him at the beginning is he's very confident, Brandon Fraser character. He's, He's confident, he's sure of himself, but then like when he's trying to give the like tools to her, he's like really embarrassed and awkward. Like it was it's just like, like he's Yeah, like he's a teen. Yeah. But I was like, it seems kind of weird, but it's I mean, I guess it's kind of cute. Right. Like but, he, he's smitten and he like kind of doesn't smitten, really but, know what to do. But like before he seems like very cool and calm. Right. But I mean, maybe that gives it, maybe that makes it that much better when you see him like this, when he's, you know, exterior, his exterior is very cool and calm and and manly. But then he seems, he's kind of embarrassed. They don't really but they don't make go back him as a, as a ladies' man, really, I don't think. I mean, you Do don't they? get, I don't get the impression that he's a ladies' man. He's an action guy. Uh, well, I don't know, but I don't know. Maybe you just—that's just implied. I mean, there's only like one. There's only one woman. That's true. He's and she's, she's the only like woman in the whole instantly in, madly <laughs> attracted to him. Yeah. Like, like infatuated, cannot like think because she's so attracted to him. Um, which is okay. Um, another thing that I thought I was kind of confused because I thought it was one thing, is that when. Like, why does the mummy think that she's? I don't know why that she's. What the I what I originally the... thought was that he he got the guy's eyes and 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 his eyesight was bad, so his eyesight was bad. That's what I that that was one thing I I would have said is well he can't see because yeah, he took I, the guy's eyes. And I thought eyes. that was gonna be really. I thought it was really good. I was like. Oh, that's why she think he thinks that she's that because his eyesight's bad. But then it's not. I don't. I think. think it's just because she's the only woman he came across. I don't know. There was something about her. Like, they don't really explain why. Maybe because she. I mean, she says earlier that she she's says she's Egyptian, Egyptian or her mom was or something. Yeah. It's like maybe she's descended. I mean, that's a stretch. But but it's. Maybe just because she looks like I mean, could just, but she doesn't really. She doesn't but, really look like the other actress. I thought it was like going to be this really cool thing about how his vision's blurry now. Because, right, I thought that was kind of a flaw in the in the plot. Yeah, I I didn't understand. Not that you can really pick. I mean, there's a billion flaws in the plot, but that particular one because they made such a big deal out of that guy losing his glasses, and he was the one who took the eyes from. And I immediately thought. Well, doesn't that mean the mummy can't see? No, I and then I thought that was gonna be a really cool thing. And but they I, didn't go then, anywhere. Because like that. I wrote, I like how they show. Look, well, first of all, before that, when before he gets killed, you know, it's very horror esque, and they, sh- I like how they show the mummy through his eyes. Yeah. So you don't really see the mummy. Right. You know, it's it's a horror thing. You know, you don't. You know, everything's it's scarier blurry, not to show. Right. It. Um. 
And so I really like that. I was like, I like how they did that. And then he takes his eyes so his vision is blurry. And I thought it was cool. And then I was like, in parentheses, never mind, his vision isn't blurry. <laughs> right. Question mark. It, it is, I don't <laughs> think his vision is blurry. I, I think. I mean, they never. I it's think, never a thing no, later. Because I think that was just a way to have that interesting scene of the blurriness and, and him coming and stealing. Uh, yeah, but. But suddenly, as soon as he gets his eyes, yeah, he's got 20, 20 vision. I would thought, you know, they could have even had a joke where he has to put on glasses. Uh, but no, <laughs> I they know. didn't. I, if I was writing it, I would be thinking about that. Yeah. I'd be like, wait, how is this? But again, it doesn't really matter. No. But I, I think it. But they don't really explain why she is the embodiment of the woman and that, you know, he's going to reincarnate his lover from the past into her body somehow. Um, they yeah, don't like explain I, that. Like, at I all. guess I, I think that they were saying that she needs, they just need a soul. Yeah. Um, to like and, tra- do and it. And for somehow. some reason he's decided she's the one. She's the one. And, but it's kind of weird because, because he says like, like she's hit like the mistress. I don't know. Right. Like, because there, she's even like, I'll go with them. You know, he like, says the name. He's like, yeah. he's like, like, like you he, are this like person. He thinks that she's that person. I, I don't know. Like, Again, it doesn't really matter that his vision isn't blurry, but I, but <laughs> yeah, I think it's just because I, I, I think it's just because I thought about I thought that would be a really cool thing, and then it didn't happen. I was like, oh okay. Um, um, another little thing that I thought was funny was when Benny, who's the coward guy, yeah, um, they. Brendan Fraser's like chasing at him. He just throws a chair at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> like he could do anything. He throws he th- a chair just to knock a him chair down. At him. He just picks up a chair and throws it at him. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's just like it's like who decided? Like, okay, you're gonna pick up a chair, just throw. Like you have guns, you have stuff. You're just gonna throw a chair. Right. Um, but I kind of, I actually do like the Benny character. I thought he was a good character. Like, yeah, he's the class, just a coward. He'll do anything he'll, to stay alive. He'll do anything to stay alive. His yeah. voice is very yeah. high pitched and. Funny. And that, I mean, uh, even when I think it's that same scene, he catches him and he's like, he says something like, "You got a new friend from the desert or something." You came back from the desert with the new friend, didn't you, Benny? But friend, you were my only friend. And and it, Benny's like, I'd rather you know, be the yeah the, right hand of the devil, the right hand of the devil, or than something like die, or then die. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like okay, he yeah, he's he's good. He knows what he, I mean. He is what he is. He knows what he is. I mean, and obviously he was going to get his comeuppance. I mean, Evelyn even says people like you multiple times. There's like Brandon Fraser says it like two times, I think at least that you know you're going to get what's coming to you. And then she says she you're going to get your it, like yeah. it's throughout the whole time. So I knew he's going to die. Yeah, because they're saying it all the time that he's going to get what's coming to him, and he does. And he does. Um, a lot of people die. Um, by the Beatles. Yeah. I saw this in the Roger Ebert review. He was like listing. He was like, you know, they're going to release the 10 plagues of biblical plagues. And he's like, I counted, you know, four, five plagues that I saw. And maybe like, uh, is the Beatles one or is that, he's like, or is that just come with the territory? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think it just comes with the territory. I think so too. Because I they have it ancient play... times. Yeah. I mean, it's very, that's very over the top. They're like, we're going to mummify him. Like, they're like, we're going to curse him with a curse that's so bad. We've never done it before. And it's so bad that if he comes back, he's the most powerful thing. Yeah, it's like, why would you ever do it? It's just like, (laughs) it's something where they're like, they're like, yeah, it's so bad that we've never done it before. (laughs) And then now we're going to do it for a crime that doesn't seem that bad. 
I mean, I guess he killed the king. They did kill the pharaoh. I mean, they killed the but, pharaoh, yeah, but, but where, who's the next pharaoh? Yeah, I know. Do who, they even I don't care? Know who made pharaohs the probably decision. die all the time. <laughs> but but they're like, okay, we're going to do the worst curse ever, but also it's terrible because they have to guard it. Like It's like, forever. I don't know why you would do that. you got to guard this thing forever. <laughs> but, it's, but it's fine. Um, we didn't talk about the bad guy. The guy who plays the mummy when he's actually a human. I mean, I think he's really. Good I like him a lot because I mean, he was all in. He was all in on that role. I I really like his bad guy smile. Yeah, he just does his bad guy smile all the time because he doesn't great. really say much. Um, and I mean, obviously, some of the time it's CGI mouth. When he d- opens up his mouth really big, it yeah. looks terrible. But he I, again, I think the casting is really good in this movie. Uh, yeah, and, and he is one of them because you, you know, okay, this guy's bad, <laughs> and he's he's just decided, I am gonna go all in. I'm an evil zombie pharaoh killer. <laughs> and, and, yeah, I don't you know, know what's going. On. And like, he's just—he's actually not in it that much because no. he's not fully formed till no. near the end. But he, I mean, at the beginning in the flashback, he doesn't do a whole lot there. Uh, but yeah, once when once he starts. He's good. Once he's back back as the mummy or whatever you want to call him, he's good. He's really good. I think he is good. They and fit the that's role like perfectly. for this movie, they all fit their roles. They all play their roles. Yeah. Well, I mean, is it the best story? I no, mean, the but the guy that's the, the head magi guy, again, he's he he's looks good. perfect. He kind of looks like uh the guy in Lord of the Rings. Uh and ba- and bad boys like he looks like I thought I thought it was that guy first like like the guy who plays the horse guy you know the young guy oh really I thought it kind of like hit like in he's he was uh, the boys it's called the boys not yeah bad boys. yeah I said yeah bad boys. Um, it's the, the boys and he's in Star Trek yeah it I thought it kind of looks like him I, he's got more, but it's he's, not he's him. way more Arabic looking yeah he's way more but it kind of looks like him but really tan. But, uh, uh, I mean, he fits the, you know, he's the dashing. But he's not in it as enough, I don't think. Yeah, he's not in it. Like, he could have been in it a lot more. I mean, because th- he's just this kind of guy who stands and watches. He kind of comes in. There's a few gun and battles leaves. he leaves. Uh, but, again, he looks the part. Um, yeah, it's it's a well-cast movie. Um, uh, yeah, the bad guys. Another thing with this that doesn't really make sense is the bad guys powers seem, seem to, to vary yeah. let's just say because like other times he can basically teleport he uh, can yeah. turn to sand he can turn to sand or like he can cause the plagues obviously but then like you know he can shoot bees out of his uh, yeah. mouth bees or flies or something or out of something. his mouth and then other times like at the end all he does is send these he zombies. can't do anything like he just sends the zombies yeah. that's it that's all he can do <laughs> I know. it's like it's true it's i know he pours his whole body through a keyhole as sand he can create an entire sandstorm it's a huge sandstorm of his face <laughs> yeah i go he's like making faces <laughs> yeah. and then it appears on the sand sculpture <laughs> yeah. he, he like smiles and the sandstorm yeah, smiles, smiles. Sandstorm smiles. Because he's going to eat the plane. He's like, ah, and he <laughs> eats them. But, uh, and in that scene, what I noticed, which is, you know, which is that when he comes out of this like tornado of sand, it's supposed to be really windy. 
And like the Evelyn, the main character, Rachel Weiss's hair is not moving at all. <laughs> There's obviously no wind. I didn't they add, like I it's didn't all CGI. That. Her hair is that. not moving. <laughs> I was just like, okay, it's just, it's just CGI. They added in the tornado later. They added in the tornado, which I that's hard to do. Is is to get all that. That was funny. I um, didn't even notice that. Uh, also, a little thing that I might be a recurring thing because I know I've talked a lot about this when we've talked about movies is holding hands while running. They oh, yeah. do that like at the end, Brendan Fraser and her are holding hands while running. Yeah. And they do it like just they keep it just they keep doing it. Like sometimes they'll start holding hands and then they'll go to the next scene. They're not holding hands anymore. They're holding hands for like five <laughs> shots. Like continual scenes are like holding hands running. I'm like, it can't be that Good to hold hands while running. I can't imagine that it helps either one of them with their speed. I'm just like, why? I understand that they're close it's to now. Show that, yeah. But still, and it's, you know, he's protecting her. He's the man protecting yeah. and her, and he's lead. The man's always leading the woman when they're running. Yeah. You know, I mean, she is the damsel in distress. <laughs> I didn't notice that either. But I noticed it because I always notice that's that is kind of a pet peeve for movies. It's like. Why don't hold hands? It can't be better to hold hands. <laughs> yeah. And then they do the James Bond esque line. Yeah. It's just terrible. Um, but but so I mean overall, I mean if we did this one out of ten, because that's what we did at the the um, the last movie out of ten. It's tough. This one is tough. It's tough because you enjoy it, but you, I mean, you can't rate it too high. You can't rate, like. I mean, I would probably still say it's a seven. Like, like I mean, it's completely different than The Man Who Would Be yeah. King. Yeah. Um, and The Man Who Would Be King, it's the same thing where The Man Who Would Be King is better in a lot of areas. In a lot of areas. But The Mummy is the, it, it's, 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 it's more fun. It's, it's just this kind of. You know, it's your turn off your brain. Yeah, it's definitely fun turn action. Off your brain. You can turn it on. Yeah, and it's good. You can you can start at any place in the movie. And right. It's good. I mean, you could. I mean, and that's how I've seen most of it. You turn on the TV on an afternoon, like, oh, it's the Mummy, and you're two thirds of the way through, and you still watch the end of it, or, or you're, you know, you come in if you miss the first half an hour, and you watch half an hour, and then you leave, and you don't watch the rest of it. You end up seeing the movie in bits and pieces, but. It's worth sitting down and watching the whole thing. Like, yeah. I'm probably going to give it a seven. I'd give it seven. a seven. Like, I think, you know, as much as, like, I feel like we seemed really critical of it, but, you know, it is what it is. And I I can't really, I, I don't want to rate it for what it is. It. I mean. Right. I'm not going to rating it for what like, it is. Like, is, it's not even close to Indiana Jones. Like, no. Raiders. Those you movies know, Last are Crusade. Nine and a half. Of, like, those are really good. So, you know, it's similar. If you like Indian Jones, you probably like it. Yeah. I mean, it's not the same. I mean, you wouldn't don't expect it. If to you be like those kind good. of adventure movies, but it you're is what like. it is. I mean, it probably will give it a seven too. Um, I don't know. Seven's pretty good. It's good. It's entertaining. Yeah, like it's not for everybody. I mean, if you don't really like action, then you probably won't like it because it is an action movie. I think first. I mean, as an aside. I mean, Brendan Fraser's made a lot of movies, um, and I know I've told you this before. Blast from the Past, rom-com, Brendan Fraser. Oh, he's in that. Came out the same year, 1999. We could have done it. Um, 
I didn't realize that. I'm just right now happened to be on looked up Brendan Fraser. We might have watched it if we knew. Um, but for anyone who's listening or you, Simon. I mean, yeah. Brendan, I, if I you're interested in seeing what, what else Brendan Fraser, that to me is a very entertaining Him as a rom-com, rom-com. lead. You know, and it, it's kind of a fish out of water rom-com. I, I, I won't say anything more than that. Yeah, uh, you've told me about this before. Yeah. And I do want to watch it. Uh, you know, maybe we'll watch it now, getting the holiday season, rom-com, That's true. rom-com season. Yes. So, I mean, I'm open to watch for it, but not for this. No, not for this. So, we both agree, entertaining, flawed, a l- little tropey. Oh, yeah. But definitely uh, would would recommend it. I would recommend it. It's a fun movie. We are you gonna roll? I forgot. I forgot about that. But we do have to roll for the yeah. Next so year. I've got the random number generator up again. I've just put in the minimum and the maximum. I know that doesn't do the exact odds. Our odds are off. Our odds are off. But let's see what happens. Two thousand and seven. How do we keep on getting closer and closer <laughs> to present? Know. But two thousand seven. Um, so I guess we will let's just we'll decide come back now. when we pick. Yeah, we'll come back when we pick the stuff. So 2007. So 2007 before the next podcast, and we have decided for the movie we are going to do uh, the diving bell and the butterfly. And for the album, we are going to do Ra- Radioheads in Rainbows. So we will see you in the next. What do I call this podcast again? (laughs) Reels and revolutions. (laughs) Reels and revolutions. All right. We'll see you then. Bye.